Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, coming here from Flowood Recording Studio once again, here with Tyler and Caleb. Yo, yo. What's up? See how I changed the order up right there on you guys? I was ready for it. Oh, <laughs> dang. That was premeditated. Oh. Okay, so uh, today we're going to talk about working out and why we work out. And I think there's a lot of different directions we can go with this, but I think really what we're talking about is... Why do you personally work out, and why should people work out in general? You think? Surprise! We're talking about working out. I love it. Yeah, working out. Uh, working out's one of those things that I think for us, we talk about this a lot. It can be, it can be so easy to get into the trap of working out to get better at working out, and that's really, I think, in our line of work and the type of fitness that we prescribe to people for their health and for their well-being it can be so easy to get so consumed with what's happening in the gym that you forget why you're working out in the first place. And that's kind of what we wanted to, to talk a little bit about. I know for us, a lot of coaches, let's just talk about us personally. Most of us, I think, got into the gym because we loved the potential that competitive fitness made us feel and all the emotions that it tied us back to some of our best memories as kids growing up and then as we started to get older that competitive nature it fueled and brought out the best in us as far as our discipline and our physical health and then over time as we've gotten older and this has become our work it also has led us to kind of take our own journey into realizing that the people that we're getting to work with are not most likely working out to get better at things in the gym and so for us as an organization i think coming to that realization has helped spark a lot of growth and helps us accomplish our mission of reaching a lot of people so for me that's kind of where this conversation what it what it brings to mind is the journey from helping meet people where they're at of they're probably not working out to get better at working out yeah, and uh, I've been talking with uh, just some members throughout the morning classes and just asking people, like, why do you work out? You know, what are the reasons that you're in here? And um, I've heard a lot of very, very different reasons and a lot of similar reasons. Um, and so just a few kind of topics and some points I'd like to kind of uh, hit on today or some lifestyle reasons, just um, some people, whether they know it or not, their reason is to increase their capability to maybe express energy, stress relief. Um, and then even kind of like you said, Caleb, uh, for the sake of other sports, even I started uh, working out in high school to get better at baseball and then enjoyed 
working out and doing CrossFit more than I enjoyed playing the sport that I was training for. So it's kind of cool how things do kind of make that full circle sometimes. Yeah, I had a very similar path as well as I started working out um, with the sole intention of getting stronger for sports. And I started at a very young age, you know, doing push-ups and lifting. I had a barbell set in my room and I would do floor press on the on the ground and do push-ups and sit-ups in my room. And then that translated into, uh, you know, training for sports, mainly football because we had to. But a lot of it was because we were it was mandatory. You had to get in the weight room through high school. And then in the college playing baseball uh, is when I really fell in love with working out because I started to see if I put time in, then I'm going to get stronger, which is going to translate into me performing better on the field. And you very quickly become addicted to the feeling of working hard at, at something and then coming back the next week and be able to do more weight than you previously could or getting stronger. And that was something that was very attractive to me because I was always – uh, really skinny and weaker compared to the other guys in my grade. So I fell in love with being able to get stronger, which translated into after baseball into being able to compete in CrossFit. Um, and, and I've talked about this in depth uh, on the podcast is that has had to transition into out of competing and training for to get better at something. Now that I don't have anything to get better to, that was a process of you know, having to change the reason of why I work out specifically and having to think of new reasons that are going to motivate me to come to the gym consistently. And that took, you know, it was a definitely a, a transition period of my life of an, uh, a good amount of time of determining what the reason was why I will continue to work out at this, you know, consistently. Yeah. For me, it was, it was really um, more so from, and we've talked about this, maybe, this was years ago. I think we talked about this on the podcast, but it was for me a lot of like emotional health and mental health and trying to find an avenue for physical activity that wasn't dependent on getting a group of people together to play a sport, which was so few and far between and the opportunities for that were so few and far between that it was a little bit frustrating. It was like the only thing I thought you could do was just go and run. Like if you wanted to work out by yourself, <laughs> yeah. it was like, and so, and we've talked about this. I um, had the opportunity to live in Africa for a year. And so there was always soccer. Like we could do that. And I would walk for 30 minutes to go to this field and just sit there and wait and hope that the white guy gets picked up on one of the teams. And um, so I did that for months and it was a great avenue. But as I started, as I got back to the U.S., I had no idea what I was going to do. And some people introduced me to Coyote and I walked in on the first, you know, that first day and seeing like the music and people doing all kinds of different things that I'd never really done since high school in an environment where they were doing it together. And also, like Hunter just said, getting to like show up the next day and like, I want to see if I can get better at this. It was, it just like, I don't know how to describe it, but it opened up my eyes to the potential for me. And it was something that my counselor even prescribed to begin to exercise more and the high intensity exercise and what it brought out in me and my ability to relax and to feel so much different after I left the gym. That was a feeling that I want to help bring to other people. And so for why I work out, it became something that was health related then it got hyper focused on getting better at the gym and then seven years later now it's like getting back to oh wait this was why i started it in the first mm -hmm. place and so 
I think it is. It's a full circle journey for for most people, but you know, it's such a good thing. It's really easy for us to want too much of a good thing. Well, I will say that when you join Coyote, you look like a runner and a soccer player. Well, I'm, <laughs> I may still do. I think I think hey, now I've a gra- tennis player. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> so graduated. Fr- I've graduated from a runner to a tennis player, and so uh, hey, you're moving on up. I am moving up the ladder. Um, I, and you know, I never uh, really thought about working out for the health benefits. I think those were just kind of a side aspect, which now is the the main reason that I work out is. Um, as I'm getting older and have a family and I start thinking about, I want to be, uh, you know, around for a long time and I want to be able to, uh, function at a high level for a very long time. And I want to perform better in my job. And to me, that starts with working out consistently and, um, you know, doing high intense exercise, building muscle, keeping muscle, um, because I'm going to feel better. Uh, I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to get sick less often. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to perform better, have more energy and stamina for work, be able to play with my kids down the road and hopefully my grandkids down, you know, long after that. And, you know, as you get older, I think you start thinking more about long-term things as opposed to when you're in your early twenties, uh, you're thinking about only what can I, I need to get better at this right this second. I want to look like this guy because he's jacked and I want to be jacked. You know, that's the kind of stuff you're thinking about at that age. Well, as you get older, you start thinking about, well, what, what do I want my life to look like in 10, 20, 30 years? And what, what do I need to do uh, consistently to get to that place? And for me, it's also, like you said, a stress reliever. Um, a lot of times if I'm feeling kind of down or sluggish or stressed out about something on a given day, I'll try to work out earlier in the day because I know after I work out, I'm going to be in a much better mood and feel better the rest of the day. And that's something that I've learned um, over the years is if I'm feeling that way to just go ahead and work out because I'm, it's going to, you know, completely change my mood. Um, and you just learn the power of exercise and getting the blood flow and, um, just the benefits are, are, are tremendous. I mean, we, we couldn't even list them all here in, in a whole podcast. What it, about? it really comes down to the fact that I think we're describing using exercise as a tool as opposed to making exercise the main thing. And when you can use it as a tool, then you find there's a lot of different varieties. There's a lot of different, you know, ways that we can use that. And like you said, one of the best parts about what I've learned with high intensity exercise and strength work is that if you've got a short amount of time, you can have a really impactful exercise session, whatever you want to call it. And it doesn't take you an hour and a half of walking around the gym in order to get that feeling. So, uh, yeah, I think it really has been something where all of a sudden I view exercise as using it as a resource for going out into the rest of your day for with a purpose and potentially being a higher functioning person as you do whatever it is. A great example of that is uh, today's Wednesday, Monday and Tuesday this week. I had a lot of stuff to do both days and I literally worked out for 15 minutes or less both of those days because I knew I hardly had any time. I had a lot of stuff I had to do. Mondays are always really busy uh, with the gym. I had a lot of other stuff I had to do both of those days. And so I literally warmed up, did the workout, cooled down and left in 15 minutes both of those days. And I felt great. And I knew that I was doing enough to maintain my my fitness level uh, because of that. And so you add up 30 minutes. Um, you know, luckily I have the ability, you know, I work at the, work at the gym so I can walk down and do it. And so you, you kind of take out the drive, 
uh, time that a lot of people would have, but um, you can do the same thing on vacation. And that's one thing I love about uh, this form of exercise is like, if you're living, you're, you're staying at the beach for a week, you can literally walk out on the beach and do a workout in 10 minutes and feel great the rest of the day. And you can put a check mark in the box of I'm the type of person that works out every day, no matter where I am or what equipment I have. And that, that kind of stuff really starts to uh, snowball. And over time you just become that, that type of person that is willing to do the hard things, even when you don't feel like it, or even when you're on vacation, because you know, the benefits are going to far outweigh the 10, 15, 20 minutes of discomfort that you're, you're going to go through and getting ready and doing the workout and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And Hunter, I want to kind of backtrack a little bit back to something you said about being in your early twenties. Um, I'm, I'm in my, early <laughs> 20s. uh, Speaking of, just in case physically, it, but mentally, I think you're in your forties. Anybody was wondering, yeah, my knees are in their seventies. Um, <laughs> your words are in your forties, but thanks. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Oh, that's, um, that was a pretty good compliment. Man, there, it's been a while. I've been fishing for one of those from Caleb. Let's thanks. go, bro. Um, but something that, uh, you know, kind of on a real note too, for myself, um, is I used to use fitness as a distraction. Um, I used to, you know, in undergrad, I would go to the gym so I wouldn't have to focus on anything else but what was in front of me, which was working out. Um, I'd be sitting in kinesiology classes, reading the journal, you know, um, you know, changed my major to, you know, the school of business and got really, really invested in the topics and the majors that I was studying, but I was still using fitness as a distraction to get away from you know, what was my task at hand? And now that I've kind of developed into a coaching role and I've started to kind of look at a more of a full kind of 360 or 180 view um, from where I started with, with using fitness is now I use it to focus. And there's something introspective about doing challenging things. And we were kind of, I was talking about this with a member uh, yesterday and, you know, we were talking about how, you know, his kind of quote was like, you know, the world's getting soft well not really if you look at the world around us that we spend the people we spend our time with uh i think we learn a lot about ourselves whenever we do something that challenges us and sure the world itself revolves kind of around instant gratification and there's a there's probably you know social media is taking us all by storm and we want things now we want to be able to you know order something online and by the time we hit send it should be at our doorstep fitness doesn't really work that way we need to show up to the gym so we can do something challenging physically whether it's we want to be stronger mentally whether we need to get some stress out um and we need to take that gain that we create and we can apply that to some of the things we do outside of our workout day so for me as a coach for me as someone who still enjoys to do fitness and work out I'm using my workouts not anymore necessarily to run from some of my issues, but to give me the empowerment to face some of my issues, to be able to focus on things, to say, you know what, like, I didn't really want to do this workout today, but I got up and I did it. And that makes getting up in the morning to come coach so easy Mm -hmm. because I get to help other people do that. And so I think whenever we, we sometimes can take for granted that 15 minute window that we have to hey, you know, I've got 10 minutes. How many burpees can I fit into seven of them? You know, Ooh. and sometimes that's all you need. And I think we we love to complicate things as humans. Like if we can make it complicated, we're going to make it complicated. Yeah. But at the end of the day, something I think that I've really appreciated talking with members about is that 
you know, we're making it simple for you to come in and do something challenging, whether it's physically, whether it's mentally, whatever it is that you get out of it. And then the, I think the most important thing is to take that with you. So I think exactly what you're describing is for a lot of people, their relationship to exercise is like a response to their day. It's like, or a response to the way they eat is, okay, I've eaten this way. I need to work out or I'm feeling this way. I need to go and work out. But what we're really passionate about is helping people see that exercise can be an action that helps lead into the rest of their day or helps lead into the way they're going to treat their body and the way that they eat and consume food. And so, you know, that to me is just a really mind kind of a, uh, a, a big shift that I think I, is really healthy for people when exercise is not a response. You hear that in the community a lot. Oh, I've eaten this way. I need to go and exercise or, oh, I'm gaining weight. I need to go and exercise. But instead flipping it around and taking exercise as the tool that's going to help you, whether you have 10 minutes or whether you have uh, a month where you know you're going to have an hour in the gym every single day or, you know, five days a week. So trying to make exercise that resource to use to help drive the rest of your day is what we're really passionate about. And I think for me as an operations guy and what we try to do with all of our gyms is helping try to find coaches that are passionate about helping lead people into that as opposed to trying to be in an environment where the leadership is hyper-focused on you getting really good at being in the gym or getting really good at the sport so many times we see it a lot is the way that the leadership at a gym guides people is too focused on just your performance and it puts this pressure on people who didn't start at the gym for performance in the first place they need someone who's going to help them translate their fitness into why they started in the first place weight loss feeling better being there for their kids longevity living along and sustain sustaining um physical active lifestyle and so for me that's really kind of what i get more and more passionate about is leading people into why they started in the first place and translating that for them working out consistently this this type of workout um it literally changes uh, the type of person that you are over time because every day you show up and everybody has has a, I don't care how fit they are um, whether they're at the top of the leaderboard or the bottom leaderboard on any given day they always are thinking about the workout have some anxiety about the workout wondering if they're going to be able to do something if they're going to be able to do something in a certain way uh, speed or a certain weight there's always going to be that anxiety and every day that you show up you're making a check in the column of I'm the type of person that does hard things. And that translates directly over into every other area of life. And I've seen it directly impacting me um, as far as in business. When things get hard in business, I have, you know, thousands of workouts to, to fall back on of look at all these examples of times that I did something that I didn't feel like doing or that were hard and I was able to do it. I'm the type of person that does hard things that most people don't want to do. And that's something that I, I, I can constantly tell myself if I don't feel like doing something, um, I have all those, uh, examples of, of reasons why I have done them in the past and why I continue to do them going forward. And if you look around at Coyote at all of our locations, it's full of people who, uh, most other people would say are successful in 
business or in their marriage or, you know, as parents or, you know, as grandparents or whatever it is, whatever area of life is important to them, it's, it's full of people that are successful. And that's because this type of training, uh, attracts those type of people. And it also, at the same time, people that aren't willing to put the work in for a long period of time, they don't tend to stick around that long because it is hard. And it's, it's something that it takes a lot of mental fortitude to show up day after day, week after week, year after year to do something that's hard. But the benefits are so dramatic that to me, you know, the physical benefits, it's the best physical training out there, bar none. I've tried them all and it, you get the best results in it by far. But the mental benefits to me even outweigh the physical benefits because you're literally changing the type of person you are. And to me, it's always most prevalent in younger kids. And I've seen it so many times of a 12, 14, 16-year-old kid coming in who will, with little to no you know, self-confidence from what it seems like. They won't even look you in the eye. They won't shake your hand. If they do, they, you know, it's, you know, like a, not a strong uh, handshake at all. And then a year later, they're coming in and ha- carrying on full conversations with 45-year-old people or sharing a weight with people or talking, you know, talking smack to somebody after the workout or that type of thing. And literally watching that transformation is always fascinating to me because I see it over and over and over again. And you see these kids go on to be successful in high school and college and after and go on and be successful in their jobs. And it's just this level of confidence that they developed over time of doing something that's hard because uh, especially for a high school kid to, to go to school and then come come to the gym and do a hard workout afterwards there's not many kids that want to do that or to get up and go before school and do it that's even that's that's incredibly impressive to me and we you know we see kids that are in college I think back to when I was in college I would never get up and go to a workout at 5 30 a.m in college we were forced to for baseball a few times and we always complained about it the whole time and I see kids that volunteer to do it uh, when they're in college to work out um, before before class or they they're trying to figure out how often they can get to the gym in a given week and they're dedicating themselves instead of, you know, going out and partying and do the normal thing that most kids do in college. They're focusing on their diet and getting their nutrition dialed in. And I have extra time this week, so I'm going to work out extra or they're just hanging out at the gym. Um, it's always fascinating to me. And, and it's just really fun to see the change of people over time as they develop those every, day by day, develop that habit. And every day they're, they're giving themselves more and more examples of why they're the type of person that does hard things. I, I just, I really like, we just had this conversation. Somebody told me the same thing, but even as an adult talking about the plans that they had for moving to a certain place and all of a sudden that's shifted because the environment that they were going to go back to is so the opposite of doing hard things, doing the right thing. And it didn't even stand out to them until now after being in this community for a year plus and all of a sudden it's like the thought of going back into an environment where people do the comfortable thing and they work for the weekend to sit around and drink and just do do kind of mindless activities all of a sudden when you do hard things and you're very purposeful it changes like you said it changes your outlook on work family uh your discipline and what that creates in you like you said is a completely different person um What's really cool about it, too, is it's not just hard things for the sake of doing hard things. It's actually smart. It's purposeful. There's science behind it. Uh, It's not just 
let's work out, let's do the hardest workout possible that is just so I do hard things. Yes, that will de- develop some of that David Goggins kind of mentality, you know, that that thing where, yeah, you probably will but make better David choices. David Goggins, by, exam- by his own admission, did it. It went too far in that direction yeah. and broke his body down exactly and so it is inspirational to just drop everything and run a hundred mile race but you forget like that you're you break all your bones in your feet and you're blistered up and it that's not reality so having the hard things but also what we have really worked so hard to do is to do hard things that are also sustainable and that are applicable to the reality of what most of our members' lives look like when they walk out the door. I always go back to this. It's it's hard, but it's easy to come in and do a really hard workout one day a week. It's hard to show up to the gym consistently for two years. To show up to the gym five days a week for a year and get 250 times, that's hard. It's a lot harder than it sounds like on paper. It's hard to be consistent. Be, consistency over time is way harder than a whole lot of intensity for a very short period of time. The, it, think about the the roller, the foam roller. How many injuries could be prevented by if you took two minutes at the end of your day to to roll out? It's That's hard. So that's what I think is hard. It's not that you need to have two workouts a day and you know every night before you go to bed, go out and run for 30 minutes outside. Like That's different than the hard thing of, man, I really need to stretch so I feel good when I do exercise tomorrow. Or, you know what, I'm going to come in today, I'm going to do the fitness track, I'm going to feel great. Uh, When in doubt, go lighter. Um, Someone on Instagram put that up there yesterday. I don't know who this it was. morning. I think was it this yeah. morning? Uh, but it must that's, be a must be a really important person to follow on social media. <laughs> Seems it's, important. <laughs> it's, it's smart, hard things. It's wise, hard things. It's the hard things that actually translate to the things that are most important in your life, which is not your exercise routine, but yeah. why you're exercising. Yeah, I think that sets up like for this analogy I like to use. Um, but real quick, first, um, you know, at the end of the day, from I, I like looking at things through a psychology lens. I mean. I married. No a, kidding. Yeah, I married a psychology major. So thanks, Cass, uh, for instilling that. You can't get away um, from with anything at home, can you? Tyler? That's right. Not a thing. <laughs> There's always a motivation. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't care if you want to go to the CrossFit Games um, or if you're wanting to be able to pick your kids up. Uh, we're all seeking self betterment. Um, and an analogy that I kind of like to use. Well, and you said it, Caleb, is you know, fitness for the sake of fitness isn't really it. That's not really the idea. I like to use the analogy of using um, our metabolism as kind of like a engine in a car. Um, and I was listening to uh, Ben Bergeron on a podcast the other day talking about nutrition. And it was more of a general scope from nutrition, but uh, I like to think of the analogy, and I'll tie this in together, I promise, but uh, running the engine in a car. So let's say you've got uh, you know, a 1970 you know, vehicle, a Bronco sitting in the, what in color? the carport. It's, what color is it? it's going to be stark orange. Rusty. A, it's going to be rusty. Cr- <laughs> rusty. I got one name for this one. Rusty. Rusty and broken down <laughs> is the name of this vehicle. And this vehicle hasn't been cranked in 50 years. Okay. It's going to take a little bit of work to get that vehicle back on the road. It's going to take a little bit of time and effort to get that vehicle back on the road. If that same vehicle is regularly run four times a week, four to six times a week, maybe for, you know, an hour class, if you don't have that, whatever you can, 
that vehicle is more likely, even if you're not running it up and down the highway every day as hard as you can, running it to the red line, that vehicle is going to more likely be able to last longer if you are regularly getting your tires rotated, if you are regularly getting your oil changed, then you are taking care of your vehicle, coming into the gym, regularly doing mobility, regularly eating a pretty clean diet and getting your workout in is the same exact thing. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. And something that I heard Ben Bergeron say that kind of kind of sparked my mind on this was that, you know, his, his statement was that, you know, you actually can out-train a bad diet. And that's why you see, you know, games athletes, you know, pounding Skittles after, you know, a, a games workout in the middle of at Madison, Wisconsin, and it's, you know, 97 degrees outside, and they just carried a 300-pound stone 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot different than coming in and doing a 20-minute partner workout. You don't need that type of fuel. What our body prefers is the 93 unleaded that's clean and able to sustainably premium. Yeah, premium. Yeah. Premium. Yeah, you, we're premium guys. Skittles is unleaded. No, you want it you want it unleaded. Unleaded's better. I think No, right? unleaded is the lowest one. You want the supreme then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We want supreme here. Again, I'm not mechanically minded. Yeah. <laughs> but the analogy rings true. The no analogy matter, rings true. Here. No no matter no That's matter where his brain went back yeah. to the twenties. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're not burning coal. We haven't bought bought enough gas over there. We are pedaling a bicycle right now. Instead of burning coal, Uh, you're going to put. But at the end of the day, that's that's what I'm trying to get at is sure, you know, the very elite athletes can out train a bad diet. But what we're trying to do is we're just trying to keep the engine running. We're just trying to keep the motor clean. We're going to have an artistic rendering of the analogy here up on YouTube. Yes, please do. Please do. so another thing I kind of wanted to delve into real quick was uh, delayed gratification. And um, there's been a couple of studies on delayed gratification with, with kids where they determine how long they can wait before they get uh, a dessert. And they're told if they wait a certain amount of time, they'll get two desserts or whatever. And then they follow those kids throughout life. And the ones that were able to wait the longest before getting their desserts are, are you know, objectively... Uh, more successful in life and there's just so many instances of the more the better you can delay your gratification the longer you can wait to get the result for the work that you put in the more successful you're going to be and that's something that is trained in the gym because if you think about it when you go in the gym and work out you're literally making yourself worse you're 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 breaking your muscles down and so you leave the gym a little less fit than when you walked in the gym but you're doing that with the idea that down the road, I'm going to be fitter. Now you will feel better. You're going to get some endorphins after your workout, but ultimately overall, you're going to be less fit walking out of the gym than you were when you walked in. But you're counting on the fact that down the road, I'm going to um, be fitter because of this work that I put in now. And then every day that you come in and you're, you're putting the work in, in the gym, you're doing it with the idea that in the future, this is going to pay off for me. And so the more that you can do it, the more you're training yourself to delay gratification in a, in a society where, like you said earlier, you can literally get food delivered to your door um, in 30 minutes or less, or you can order something on Amazon and have it at your doorstep the next day. Uh, instant gratification has become more and more prevalent. And so the more we can train to delay the gratification, the more benefits we're going to get. Um, and that's going to spill over into every other area of life. I think for, for me, kind of like as we start to start to wrap up like the the why we work out 
and what that really means. I honestly, for a long time, kind of felt a little bit, um, I guess when people would come in and their reason for working out wasn't to be in the gym five days, uh, it was a little bit, I would almost think that like, oh, that's not enough. Like, And I would determine my happiness by if people were living in the gym, if they were in the gym all the time. But as I've started to think through this and even think it through it now, we should be really encouraged that people can do more outside of the gym. And whenever they are successful in going and doing those things, we should celebrate that because that's what we're here for. And like we talked about with nutrition being such a major key to that and trying to trying to find that balance of sometimes it is something quick. Whenever we're empowering people to do that, the goal is not for people to just live in the gym all the time. The reason why we do the 50 workout challenge uh, is so that people can see what delayed gratification and consistency allows them to do in the future. And so for what you're talking about, Hunter, that delayed gratification, we celebrate people being in the gym four and five days a week, not so people's life revolves around getting to the gym and the stress that that may even bring to their life. But we know that the delayed putting in the time now and being in the gym four and five days a week when there is an opportunity to do something outside the gym or when there is an opportunity where you're away from your home environment, you're going to be so much more capable and you're going to feel better and you're going to perform better in whatever daily task it is mentally, physically. And so that's where for me that shift has happened over the years is getting to where I'm not offended or I'm not taking it personal if people aren't in the gym, if it's not packed out, because what if people are going and fulfilling all the things that they came to the gym in the first place for? And when I've gotten over that hump, it's allowed me to help really see people who walk in the gym as as the person who they are when they're outside of the gym, if that I, makes sense. I, I thought of a, a couple of examples real quick that I wanted to share before we uh, move on. Um, number one, um, speaking of just working out in the gym, helping you outside the gym. You know, when I started uh, CrossFit when my sister Meredith was in college and uh, a couple years, you know, within the next couple years, everybody else in my family uh, started doing it. But at, at first I was the only one that did it. And um, my uh, my mom was, I think she was the last one in our family to start doing it. Uh, but I remember my sister moved out of college a couple years later and my parents went to help her move out. And my mom came back and told me that, um, she was able to help her move stuff up and down the stairs out when, when she had moved her in, she couldn't make any trips up the stairs. And so she was just like, I couldn't believe how much I was able to do help moving. Like I wasn't able to hardly do anything at all when she moved in and moving out, I was able to help carry couches down the stairs and all this type of stuff just from doing this type of training. And we hear those stories all the time of people that are they go on a ski trip and for the first time they were able to ski all day long without having to stop or they go to Disney world and they were able to keep walking the whole day without having to stop and take a break while the other people they were with kept having to stop and take breaks or they go hunting. I, I remember one time a guy told me that he went alligator hunting and with a bunch of guys and they were, uh, they had a gator right up next to the boat and you know, everybody was caught up in the moment and all of a sudden he just reached down and grabbed it and pulled it in the boat with one, one hand and everybody just was like shocked and looked at him. They're like, wow, that working out's really paying off for you. And he didn't even realize what he had done, but he had literally pulled it in the in the boat with one hand. And there's just so many stories of that, of the, the work you put in, in the gym. A lot of times we can get, like Caleb said, get co so caught up in, am I, did I PR this lift? Did I, did I go faster in this workout? But ultimately it's not about that. It's about what it's going to allow you to do outside the gym 
And we love to hear stories of people of getting outside the gym, expressing the, the new fitness that they've achieved, uh, how it's helped them perform better in their tennis match that they play, or they can hit the golf ball farther, or they can play with their grandkids longer, or they were able to move um, stuff a lot faster this time, or be able to walk longer on vacation. I mean, there's so many instances that it benefits you, and they always come back, gosh, I'm so glad I've been working out. And it's really easy to get caught up in the day-to-day um, of life and of the gym without realizing how much benefit you're going you're giving yourself down the road yeah that work capacity increase uh we don't see it at first but it it catches up to you uh a favorite quote that uh someone told me earlier when i asked them why they work out uh they said for their for the mental well-being i said the mental well-being what do you mean said no the mental well-being of those around me because uh (laughs) if i don't work out i'm gonna be crazy yeah Uh, and so that's another fun thing to think about is like you know if it makes you a better person do it that's great. I, I think I think we uh, that was a great discussion. We could go on and on and talk about all the benefits of this, and we'd love to have these discussions with uh, our members outside of this. If any of you guys want to talk or give us examples, we'd love to talk about that as well. But we got to move on. So let's move on to the next segment. Outside the box. Wow. Boom. So uh, let's talk about what you guys got going on uh, coming up here uh, in the next week or two. Anything cool? Um. So something i did last week uh i got to play in the pro-am for the sanderson farms uh nice. did last... you wow i had no idea yeah <laughs> i've been waiting for this segment i finally did something interesting um i'm gonna take a water break Caleb, <laughs> yeah this is gonna be a while yeah guys so hole number one uh <laughs> all right caleb you got about one minute yeah. on this topic no, let's talk gonna... <laughs> i'm gonna start back at the range um no uh it was a great experience it's always fun being around professionals for me the takeaway i talked about this with the concert when we went this summer but watching professionals do what they do is so inspiring to me because you see that they operate in a different space than people who are not professionals and the way they carry themselves the way they're intentional their focus the story that I told uh, through my Instagram story, but I'll just say quickly here, uh, Sam Burns was there. He's the number six, seven ranked golfer in the world. He's been on a tear the last two years. He was putting in the Blackhawks came in for this like They were doing, um, they had, I don't know, some like sort of flyover like flyover. Yeah, they were like, just like buzzing the practice green and the range and everything. And there's probably you know, 50, 60 professional golfers that are out there practicing and all these amateurs that are playing. And every single person looked up at these. I mean, there's three of them. They come in, turn in these crazy angles and stuff. And it was really cool. And I looked up, but I was facing that direction. And the only top 10 golfer in the world who was at this tournament, uh, was the only one he did not look up. It was like one of those, uh, like one of those memes that you see people, and it's like everyone's looking at their phone except one person who's like looking at the actual event. Yeah. And it was him down practicing, and I was just like, this guy just is on a mission. Like he just looks different, and so that was probably the most inspirational thing that I got to see. Getting to walk and you know spend two two and a half hours with, uh, with you know a couple different professional golfers and walk around and talk to them about their habits and how they grew up time and time again you see they grew up with other people who are successful who are now either playing professional sports in a different sport or they just happen to oh i grew up around steph curry my parents you know one of the golfers his parents were a host home for davidson basketball so steph curry and these other college basketball players are the kids this when he's a kid he's growing up around seeing those habits the whole success leaves clues thing it's 
it's just the same story over and over. So that was my takeaway. It was great. I did not. I played, eh, but it didn't matter. <laughs> what place did that guy get in the tournament? Um, he finished 30th. I think he was leading. He was, <laughs> wow, wow. No, no, no. In golf, no. That just You just revealed how much you know about golf. I uh, There I were 140 blown. people that started. He finished 30th, uh, and he he's the leader after day one and had a – I was blown away at the prize purse. I yeah. was like this small, like a relatively small outside of the season golf tournament was $8 million prize purse. Yeah. Easy day. No. And, and like I was saying, it's there just because there was only one top 10, but it was because the president's cup was there. It is in the fall, but they, uh, apparently the Sanderson farms has been called different things, but it's one of the oldest tournaments on tour. It's been around for 40 years. And so even though it's changed sponsors, it's been a tournament that's been around for a long time. There were a lot of great golfers there. So, um, some bigger name guys, but just not like that top tier, which it's hard to get all those guys together. Um, Tyler, you got 30 seconds on yours. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go ahead. This is, this is, uh, easy, that's what easy people right came, here. people came <laughs> to yeah. hear that though. I enjoyed hearing about it for the 19th time uh, today. Um, <laughs> Well, you I, tell us more Caleb? about the rusty truck, <laughs> yeah. Tyler. Tell us. Um, more. Cassie and I recently had our one-year wedding anniversary. Congrats! Um, thanks, man. She hadn't killed me yet, so it was pretty good. Um, but we went hiking. Uh, we went to a well. It was a called a getaway house, uh, and it's a uh, cabin that you rent. Um, it's like a little tiny cabin, uh, about the size of our nice little studio we have here. Um, and we got to spend time hiking around uh, the home of Chitta National Forest. One of the most beautiful places in Mississippi. I've been around the state multiple times and by far one of the most beautiful places to go spend some time outdoors in the fall. So I would recommend uh, if you decide to go down that way, it's really relatively inexpensive for a night. And it's a nice little getaway um, where you can go hike, spend some time around the lake and, and things. So that was really cool. We got to take the dogs and enjoy that. So the fall is a fun time for getting outside. Awesome. Congrats. My uh, third anniversary is a week from today. Nice. So the day after this episode comes out will be our anniversary, and I think we're just going to go out to eat, and we got a trip planned uh, in November. Uh, but uh, so real quick, I'll try to keep this brief. Uh, my wife and I have been looking for a, a new house, um, just a, a house that's a little bit bigger that we can grow into as we have kids. And it's been a process of putting multiple offers on house. And if anybody knows, the housing market has been crazy this year and frustration and disappointment, all that type of stuff. Um, when my wife finally got fed up and she drove around this neighborhood that we really liked and found a house that was under construction and the, the, the sign was like hidden behind some bushes and she went in, like crawled through the bushes and found this number and called the builder. And, um, anyways, so we were able to, uh, get, get a new, uh, construction house under contract and we got it early enough in the process to where we were able to pick out a lot of the stuff in in the house which is what she wanted to do because when she grew up her her dad uh built houses and she helped her mom do that type of stuff so she loves doing that she loves decorating and so uh earlier this week we went and uh basically she picked out all the stuff and uh just asked if it was okay if we spent a little more on a couple things and um I i was i wanted her to get what she wanted but it was a really fun process to be able to uh kind of see uh, you know, how you pick things for a house and um, watch her decide uh, what she wanted to do and kind of see her vision that she had been working on, um, spending a lot of time, you know, looking at inspiration pictures and that type of stuff and, and 
you know, going, looking at that and seeing how we could make it play out in the house. And so now we're at the process So we've kind of made most of the decisions. So now it's just a process of wait and wait for them to build and kind of watch and see. So it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to moving. Um, should be early next year when the house is done. Um, but until then we'll be watching and, and looking forward to it. So that's something that's, uh, taking a lot of, uh, our time and energy lately, but it's been, um, it ended up working out great and we're really happy about it. So it's going to be cool. Yeah. Can't wait to, can't wait to pop in. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to invite you guys. So, um, all right. Last thing, uh, any recommends for you guys? I have one real quick. I'll go, uh, Netflix series, the crown there has been four seasons. Uh, the fifth one's coming out in, in December. It's about, uh, queen Elizabeth, uh, in England and, uh, who recently just passed away, but it's, it's a really, really good show. Obviously it's, um, you know, kind of like historical fiction cause it's based on her life, but there's no way of telling, you know, how the conversations went and all that type of stuff, but it's just goes through all these different things. And each season is kind of like a decade, decade in England, but it's very, very well done. I really enjoy the actors. Um, they did a really good job and it's just a high quality series. And so, uh, if you like stuff like that, um, there's 10 episodes a season, there's been 40 episodes so far. They're about an hour long, the crown on Netflix, Highly recommend. Okay, um, I'll go quick since I used up all my time talking about the pro am. The what? It's a it's a thing that I got to do. Uh, no blue light glasses. I'm on it. I'm on the trend. I started getting sick working at the computer a little more, and it started making me really nauseous, like to a point I was gagging, and I'm like, I've got to do something about this, and so. Uh, I guess I'm late to the trend. I've, we've probably even suggested that for people who talk about it being really helpful for sleep at night if they are on screens. But blue light glasses, I'm enjoying it, and I think it works. I really, I think it actually is a is a legit thing. So I'm a believer. Amazon, I got two pair. I think I'm a black rim guy, but we got the clear ones uh, as well. So I'll try them both out. Hope you guys will be honest with me. Uh, my wife Claire wears those too when we watch the TV. She loves them. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Cassidy and I are in a small group right now, and we're reading Undistracted by Bob Goff. Uh, it's called, the title is Capture Your Purpose, Rediscover Your Joy. So if you're looking to do cool. that, read that book. Uh, if I, you want to do that. I did want to give a shout out. I uh, forgot to earlier to fellow Coyote member Ashley Burke, who's been helping us with our house hunt. She's been awesome on that as well. So um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next time. Silky smooth sounds.